want to thank God for giving me the opportunity to be standing in front of you this morning. Um, I'm not worthy of him using me. I am uh, humble, and I thank him for that. And I also want to take the opportunity to thank Pastor Josh uh, for trusting the Lord to allow me to talk to your children. And I pray that I do a good job. In the name of Jesus. And before I start the sermon, I, I, I thought I would just share with you a little bit about myself. And by the way, for those of, of you that are watching us online, God bless you. And I know most of you here know me, but for the people that don't know me, I am Sister Rose Nicholas, and I am uh, working in the children's ministry with Sister Lauren, Sister Amy, Sister Jenny is Sister Tanika. Um, I thank God for using me in that capacity. And I am married to Brother Widukai Nicholas. We've been we've been married for almost twenty years. And before uh, uh, our Marriage, we were dating for almost five years. <laughs> so we've been together for a long time. And we have two kids, Sebastian and Xavier. Um, I'm going to ask you to stand up with me. We're going to read Ephesians 4, verse 29. And after Ephesians 4, verse 29, we're going to read another passage, Colossians 4, verse 6. If you find it, say amen. Amen. Let's start together. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Colossians 4, verse 6, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Amen. You may be seated. Um, you know, for the entire month of August, uh, we've been, we, we hear a lot of sermon about tough talk. That is the theme for the month. And today, uh, again, I have the privilege to be, to talk to you again about tough talk. Um, we read in the Bible many examples when it comes to tough talk. After Adam and Eve committed their sin, God had a tough talk with them. Saul, and the road to Damascus, he was on his way to persecute the Jews. Jesus met him, and Jesus had a tough talk with him. Joseph had a tough talk with his brother after they sold him into slavery. Joseph said to them, 
What deed is this that you have done? Then come David and Nathan. You know the story of David and Nathan. Nathan was um, David's advisor. And he had a tough talk with David because David committed adultery with Bathsheba. Nathan tells the story of a man who strongly loses everything he loves. David was so moved and asked, who is this man? And Nathan replied, do art the man. Had Nathan not having this tough talk with David, David might have thought that his scheme worked. But instead, tough talk between Nathan and David brought conviction and redirection. There, is, there are so many other examples, but I'm just going to stop here. For the sake of the sermon today, I will not concentrate in the case where someone did something, but rather I will talk about where opinions are different and where emotions are involved and very high. And these stories, um, and many more, there is usually a, a compelling need for tough talk, not just selfish desire. If you guys have relationship at all level, at work, at home, uh, at church, wherever you are, if you are living with people that you care about, tough talk is necessary. It's easier to avoid tough talk. But let me tell you, by doing so, you put the very people that you love at greater risk. You put them at greater risk by not saying what you are supposed to say in order to help them, or, or to help yourself. Uh, I'm going to encourage you, I'm not going to wait at the end of the sermon, to encourage you, do not avoid tough talk. Do not shine away from it, but embrace it. Tough talk um, provides a space for invitation. Tough talk provides a space for redirection, for wisdom, for redemption, for grace, for truth, for hope, and for love. Whether you are having a tough talk with someone or you are the recipient of a tough talk, the Bible teaches teach us how to handle tough talk. That's why my Subject for this morning is, which side are you on, grace or truth? It's a question for each one of us. Grace or truth, which side are you on? I want you to look at yourself and answer inside of you. Are you for grace or are you for truth? What, what does the Bible say about grace? By the way, I'm only going to discuss two points. 
Um, the first one is leading by grace. Leading by grace. And we're going to go over what the Bible says about grace. And Ephesians 2 verse 8, the Bible says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God. Romans 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrated his own love for you in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ appointed it. Grace must be giving back. Grace must be giving back. Remember, we're talking about tough talk. We're talking about how to approach tough talk. And one way is leading by grace. We receive grace from God. We have to give grace back to everybody. Not only your brothers and your sisters. Everybody. Doesn't matter if they are convert or non-convert. Everybody deserves grace. Because us, we did not deserve where we are. But by grace, God find us. And we are where we are. Amen. Um, one example I'm going to consider when it comes to grace is a tough talk that Jesus had with the Samaritan woman at the well. I would like to read that scripture, John 4, verse 4 to, verse 4 to 18, if they can put it up for me. John 4, verse 4 to 18. Okay. Now he, he had to go to Samaria, Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Seashore, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Joseph well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. He was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who, is, who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given, given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from itself? As did also his son and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drank this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, 
give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Amen. The woman, the Samaritan woman, thought that she had all the knowledge about the well. She, could, she know where it come from. She know who built it. She know the history be, behind the well. Um, she thought also that she understood the rivalry between the Jews and Samaritan. But Jesus had a different opinion. Um, I'm going to ask if they can put the picture for me. I don't know if we have the picture. Please. Okay. Yeah. Um, so when you look at that picture, I want to ask you what comes to your mind. Okay. Good, good. Good. Um, this is to tell you that an image like that, like Sister Edith, she said half full, and somebody else say, might say half empty, right? We each are looking the same picture, but we are seeing it in a, di a different lens. It's just to tell you that uh, perception matters. Um, to have a tough talk with someone if you realize what Jesus did first he sat at the well he put himself in a position a lower position to be able to talk to that woman to wait for that woman because he's God he knows that he was coming I wonder today when you are ready to talk to someone, what is your posture and what position you put yourself? Do you put yourself at a position where you feel superior or do you lower yourself to the level of the person in front of you? Because don't forget, perspective matters. Um, the perception of a person is based on a lot of things. The background, the way they were raised, the experience that they had, it shaped who they are. Their understanding is sometimes different than yours. You might be at a level where they are not yet, but it doesn't mean that they will stay where they are. So. Don't assume you know what's behind someone when they do something or they think certain way because each of us paths are different. Amen. Um, and don't assume that you know their motivation. I'm going to tell you a story. There was two women that was battling over an orange. 
And eventually, after a lot of fight, eventually they decide to split the orange. When they split the orange, they each take half. And they each, they went their separate way. They went home to their respective houses. There is one when he get to, um, when he get to his house, what, what she does, she peel the orange and then she eat the fruit and she throw away the peel. But the other one, what he did, what she did, she peel the orange. She take the peel and cook with it and throw the fruit away. So there is always two different ways to see things. But thank God for Jesus. Yes, the fine line is what the Bible teaches us. Is what Jesus teaches us. We should always go with what the Word of God says. Regardless of our opinions. Amen. Amen. Uh, and when we come back to the story of Jesus with the Samaritan woman, she did amazingly. You know why? Because she found grace first before her sin was being revealed. James 1 verse 19 says, James 1 verse 19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And that was exactly what the Samaritan woman did. He, she sat and she listened to Jesus, and she did not become angry because of what was revealed about her. Because you know why? It's because she found grace in the conversation that, um, that was going on between her and Jesus. I have to tell you, it's always best to start with grace when we're having tough talk. The, the grace set the stage for the other person to be able to tolerate the truth. And before we go ahead and have a tough talk with anybody, our first thing should be prayer. Spend some time with Jesus. Ask him to open your eyes, to give you a calm heart. And ask yourself too, spend some time with yourself before you meet with someone for a tough talk. Ask yourself, uh, how can I promote peace? And the conversation. How do I show compassion? Am I able to practice self-control? And how can I show grace? Watch your tongue. Watch your tongue. Proverbs 12 verse 18 says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. Um, there are some errors we usually make when we are going to 
have a tough talk or a difficult conversation with someone. We assume we already all that we need to know. We assume we understand all that we need to understand. A lot of the time, too, we hide our feelings. We hide our emotion. Or if, or if we don't hide them, we let them loose on a way we later regret. And last thing, we, we ignore who we are. Sometimes we forget if we are Christian. There's a certain way to conduct a conversation with anybody, with your boss, you know, with your spouse, with your children. I know for the children, it can be a little bit <laughs> challenging, yes. But um, don't forget your identity in Christ. You are who you are in Christ no matter where you are. Amen. Amen. Um, I pray that God help you to avoid uh, making those mistakes. Now, that was my first point. Remember the, the subject, grace or truth, which side are you on? I just talked to you about grace, but I would like to ask the question, is grace alone enough? That's going to bring me to my second point, leading by truth. Again, I'm going to do the same thing I did for grace. I'm going to talk to you about what God says, what the Bible says about grace. And John 4, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one's come to the Father except through me. John 17, verse 17 says, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And last one, John 8, verse 31 to 32, To the Jews who have believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. Amen. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Nobody wants to stay in bondage. Amen. Everybody wants to set free. Amen. Amen. But in order to do that, we have to hold on to the truth. The truth that is Jesus Christ. The truth that comes to the word of God. And I'm going to take another example in the Bible is the example of Jesus and Peter when we will find it in Matthew 16 verse 21 to 25 I don't know if they can put it up for me Matthew 16 verse 21 to 25 from that time from that time on Jesus began to explain to the, his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, 
get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concern of God, but merely human concern. Then Jesus said to his disciple, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life, they will, will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Amen. Amen. It was uh, an, an emotional statement uh, made by Peter at the moment. Uh, he had a strong desire to protect Jesus. From harm and he has like a pure motive he wasn't um, selfish but he did not understand the will of God uh, if whatever we say do not conform with the will of God if it's reflect the desires of men, we can say this is from Satan. If it's if what we say do not conform with the will of God, that's why we should always seek to know what is the will of God for us, for our, our family, for the tough talk we are planning to have or we are having. That's why we need to know what God wants to do and that. But even though Jesus tell Peter the truth when he said, get behind me, huh? Satan. It was a hard truth. But if you see in verse 24, Jesus come back and give hope. He gave hope to Peter. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever lose it, lose, loses their life for me will find it. It was uh, directing to Peter to tell Peter that if you lose your life for me, you will find it. And an, another conversation that Jesus have with Peter in another passage, I'm not going to read the whole thing, John 21, verse 15 to 18, when after breakfast, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me three times? And every time Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Lord. You know I love you. And Jesus keep asking and asking and asking. And at the, at the third time, Peter must realize what Jesus was doing. Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep Jesus said feed my sheep 
after Jesus rebuked Peter for standing against the will of God, now he's having a soft conversation with Peter, giving him hope, telling him what I can do with you, what I want you to do with, for me after I'm gone. Feed my sheep. And just to tell you that trust, um, truth must be said in love. Even though you want to say the truth to someone, you have to say it in love. Love has to be shown in your conversation, in your gesture, in your posture. Compassion, love will take us far. Um, Psalm 25, verse 4 to 5 says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior. The Bible is telling us how much we need the truth and tell the truth. Without the truth, people are lost. Without the truth, they don't see any way, anywhere to turn. That's how people commit suicide. Because when you tell them the truth and you show them the way, you show them the hope, they see they can keep going and redirect the route. The truth is very important for you and I. Because without the truth, we don't know what God's will is. We don't know what God's instruction, commitment are. When we're having a tough talk, we're not supposed to hide the truth. As a matter of fact, we're supposed to bring the truth forward. But it's how do we do it? How do we do it? This morning, I would like to ask you, are you willing to put your personal opinion aside to embrace God's truth? Are you willing to put your personal opinion aside to share God's truth? Are you willing to put your personal opinion aside to receive God's truth? Um, to conclude my sermon this morning, I want to tell you, first I asked you the question, oh no, not ask you in a way of asking you, but the subject of my sermon was grace or truth, which side are you? I know many of you might think I have to be in one or the other, but I have to tell you, you need both. You need both. You need grace and you need truth to be in relationship with God and to be in relationship with each other. I want you to think about a time when someone tells you the truth without love, without grace. You probably felt so attacked. You felt judged. 
you felt condemned. I have to tell you, no matter how accurate the truth is, it hardly mattered because the hurtful feeling erased the truth and the conversation. Remember the passage that we read at the beginning. Do not let unwholesome word talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Remember that even though you might be upset with someone, his ability to take your truth will also require love and grace, just as yours does. Your intent is not to fix, to straighten out, or to punish. It is to provide enough amount of truth and grace to reconcile, to solve the problem. Be aware of your imbalance. None of us are totally in the middle here. Some of us lean toward grace, some are too, and are too soft on the truth. You lean too much on the grace and you are too soft on the truth. Others might be very clear about an issue and can come across very harsh and critical. When you are in doubt, when you don't know which way to go, I would advise you to go with grace. Um, the reason why I say grace, the, da the damage done by lack of grace is more severe than the damage done by lack of truth. If it's lack of grace, you have another chance of being able to have another conversation. With truth alone, if you stand with truth alone without grace, the judgment could be possibly so big that the rupture, the safety of your relationship. It can damage it so much that you have no way of repairing it, no way of bringing it back together, no way of having another chance, another conversation. And the issue might not be resolved in your first talk, but because of your grace, it allows you to meet with that person again, to sit down with that person again, to continue that conversation again, and to make your point heard or known or to listen the person. Listening is very important. Remember the plan of the enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy. But the outcome resolve of tough talk is to win soul, to restore relationship, to reconcile hurtful hearts, Forgiving one another, redeeming what we have lost, to work in unity, to advance God's kingdom, and to glorify our Father in heaven. John 1 verse 17 said, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came to Jesus Christ. Thank you for Jesus.
this morning, I want to leave you with that word or that prayer. May God give you the wisdom and the courage to have tough talk with friends, family, spouses, brothers and sisters. May you do that again and again. The same way God asks us to forgive 70 times 7, if it's what you do to gain your sister, to gain your brother, put your personal opinion aside and embrace the truth and grace that come from Jesus Christ. May God give you grace. May God give you the truth and love to continue in that tough talk you will do. Your assignment, you have an assignment. Go home. The person that you haven't seen because you're avoiding tough talk, call them. If you are listening, if you're watching, if you are here, the message is not for the person that is not here, that is not listening, it's for you. It's for you. Let's start the tough talk with our friend. And if you need courage, if you need prayer to do it, come forward and Pastor Josh will pray for you. May the Lord bless you.